Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, so it's really not technically the first Friday of the month, but we'll call it the first-ish Friday. And you know what that means. Yep, Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the show today. And then two ladies will chat about the importance of primal worldviews, new revelations from the Gnostic Gospels on the power of the heart and divine timing. And now we welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm one of your hosts today on First Dish Friday, joined today by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yay! And Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing uh, resources and guests that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. You can find those not only at 1150kknw.com, but also on iTunes and Podcast One. Um, my website is goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, what's your website? It is alessandraduke.com. Yay. Okay. So there's our uh, little intro and housekeeping. And of course, we recognize it is January 31st. So of course, next week would be official first Friday of the month. But we are doing first-ish Friday um, because Alessandra has some travel plan, which we'll hear more about um, in just a few moments. But um, should we check in with Benny? Yeah, let's check in with Benny. What is going on, Benny? Benny's good. Benny on the spot. Woo, Benny is good. Wait for it. Oh, yeah. I have a new right. sound effect. I have a new sound effect. Do you watch? Oh, go ahead, Sunny. Do you watch Superstore? It's a um, it's a sitcom on, oh, gosh. I mean, it's on one of the major networks. I think it's on Thursday in their Thursday night lineup on NBC or CBS or something. Is that the rebooted show from, like, the 80s where they run through the store with, and pick up um, groceries? No. Oh, there's, they're rebooting actually, that, too, by the way. Just let you know. America Ferrera, I think they're in season five oh, or six right, at this right, point. Right, 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 yeah. right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they her. all work in a big, like, big box store, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like a Walmart, but uh-huh. it's called Superstore. Superstore, right. I got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the store is Cloud Nine. Um, but <laughs> in any event, there is a very funny character on that, um, and he constantly makes that sound. He's kind of like a wannabe, <laughs> like, DJ guy. And... <laughs> like all of us here? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. a real DJ. He's <laughs> definitely awesome. not. Benny, I'm so curious, like what is what is one thing that is just making you feel just fantastic? It sounds like, uh, yeah. boy, uh, January's finally done. It's been a long month. <laughs> uh, well, because, you know, there's just a lot going on in, in my world and family. I mean, just with holidays uh, wrapping up and then we have more birthdays to celebrate, you know, at the top of the, so it just finally gets to calm down a little bit and take that little, the little breath and, you know, throw out some air horns. Yes. <laughs> That's all I got. That is a way to start the morning. Yeah. You know, like nothing like waking up to some air horns. Sunny's probably got her head in her hands like, oh my gosh, what is no, this show I, we're bringing that today? that's exactly what I'm doing as I'm laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm up in the club with DJ yeah. Khaled. Like, <laughs> See? In fact, we haven't even gone to bed from last night, right? We're so oh. up. Yeah. That's how much we've been in the clubs. Oh, Oh my gosh. I am in no clubs. (laughs) I'm never going to any clubs. (laughs) I don't know. I could see you in some clubs. Oh, man. Maybe years and years and years ago. But now I just get like all 
stimulus overload and all stressed out. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, these flashing lights are, you know, making my vertigo just so yeah. crazy. And I look around when I, like in the occasional time that I'm in one of those places these days, I look around and it, you know, I know the kids or the people in there are usually, you know, in like the 19 to 23 range. But when I look around in there, I just see like little toddlers <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like this giant adult. Isn't it the <laughs> same thing like you see driving, up. like a 16 year old driving? I'm like, you should. Should not be behind the wheel right now. Do you realize? Right. Yeah. And then not only are they behind the wheel, but oftentimes they have a fancier car than I do. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. Isn't that you know, for like sure? around the UW campus, Alessandra. <laughs> yeah. I want to be like, excuse me, sir. You need to earn your keep and get yourself a Datsun B210 like I had to have. Hey. The I roof like... just flew off on the highway. The you Datsun... need to do things like that. The Datsun <laughs> B210. Props given. Air horn your way. <laughs> Yeah, I do feel like some props should be given also that I should have really good karma for the rest of my life for tolerating that car specifically. Well played with karma. Very good. You have that sound effect, Benny? Yeah, I do have a rim shot, actually. He's here all night, folks. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Well, um, where Benny, if there's not, do you have anything else that we need to know about that inquiring minds need to know about <laughs> before we good. keep moving? Not pretty good. I think you guys should just take it away. Okay. Well, here Yay. we go. But thank you. Yeah. Glad to be back on online with you, Benny. Um, so, Alessandra, where shall we begin? Isn't that the name yes. of Esther Perel's podcast? Where shall we begin? Where should we begin? Yeah. I I love that. It's a great line. Well, I'm. Let's see. I'm really curious. You have a couple of things because we always, you know, check in a little bit beforehand. And so you've got a couple of things that you mentioned that I'm really curious to hear about. And, um, you know, so I guess I'm curious if it would feel best to start with the unfolding for you or if you want to go into the primal stuff, because I'm really curious about this. Well, I mean, both. Okay, we'll definitely get to both. But since we kind of teased it up just a few moments ago, do you want to share why this is first-ish Friday instead of regular first Friday? <laughs> yes, yes. And, um, yeah, and just appreciating, first of all, Sunny, that you let me still come on the show, you know, at some point. because I You're a co-host. I get worried when I can't, if I can't do first Friday, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to miss my radio time. And I like it so much. Um, but I, yeah. So next Friday, which would be the first Friday of the month for February, um, uh, for last time when I was on the show, uh, I let listeners know that I had joined a mastermind for this year. And it was a big, huge, for me, a big financial, sort of felt like a financial risk for me because it's like the the priciest thing that I have invested in my in my business so far. Um, I would say I, I had told you, Sunny, that um, it was the priciest thing I had invested in so far in my life. And you were like, huh, how about your PhD? <laughs> how about your, I was just about to do it again. How about your master's? How about, and those were, you know, those were more expensive. But I think that, you know, because I was so, just young at the time and trying to escape the, you know, something, the way that I had grown up and just thinking, okay, I just need to get an education. I just need to get an education moving forward. I wasn't really thinking of it as like, this is an investment in me, you know, and making really conscious choices about how much student loans I was taking out and things like that. I was just like, I don't know. 
what are the basic classes I got to do and where do I sign up for this aid that people are talking about? What is it? Um, so I think that after, you know, since then, this is really the biggest, you know, I finished my doctorate in 2013. And so this is really the biggest investment that I've made. And, um, and so next weekend, I'll be traveling to Savannah, Georgia to meet with Susan Hyatt and her um, her people out there. And we'll be doing a I'll be um, with all of them for the over the course of three days, um, which is really exciting for me. I just I you know, we're just a few weeks into this mastermind. We've had two sessions with my new coach, Susan Hyatt. And, um, and I, I could not be, I would spend this money again and again and again. I am so happy that I did this for myself. And, um, I've just been so thrilled with how I have been treated so far in that program. And it's just been a really wonderful experience. So, um, in the mastermind, you know, we're going to be getting really clear on our plans for our business this year and working with her new offering, which is a a marketing and uh, company that she has now started called the agency. And so that was part of our bonus is, you know, getting a website revamp and, you know, all of these wonderful things. So getting to meet her branding people along with making plans. So I am just beside myself so excited. So <laughs> That's glad. where I be. And, you know, and then I, um, what I, I had been planning before I had even signed up for this mastermind, I had been planning on traveling somewhere warm in February because in the Pacific Northwest, you know, I'm, I'm up in Bellingham, Washington. It is so gray and rainy this time of year. And I, oh, every year by February, I'm, I just kind of am losing my footing and my mood changes. And I just feel the weather really gets to me. I've noticed. And every year I say, oh man, like I did it again. I should have planned a trip for February. So this year I, you know, had made it a plan to go to Arizona because I have a, um, a community down there now. And so I'll be going from Scottsdale, uh, or no, from Savannah, Georgia to Scottsdale, Arizona. So I'll be kind of traveling for a couple of weeks. So super exciting, super exciting. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to hear more. I know you're only a couple of weeks in, but um, just judging from your excitement at this point, sounds like beautiful things are unfolding. So we will stay posted for the next first Friday to hear all about it all. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's just, yeah, it's fun to see the, see the, what's happening already with the unfolding. And I really think that when you take a leap and you make a big investment in yourself, it's just, it's, it's really amazing the things that can come from it, you know, and the, our different energy shifts when we're, you know, when we, we put forth an action that says, you know, I really believe in me. I really, I'm, yeah. re- I'm willing to bet on me. And, um, yeah, so I've been taking all kinds of big leaps. So I can talk about that a little later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as investments go, gosh, I can't remember. It was either Warren Buffett or someone else, one of the big dogs, you know, that's mm-hmm. pretty, um, you know, pretty wealthy. If you think of, several billion dollars is wealthy anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. However many billions he's worth, but yeah, that, that the most important investment we can make is our, is in ourselves. And, uh, yeah. So I, and I wanted you to mention that because 
you know, in my coaching tradition, one of the primary guiding principles that we have is living it to give it. And, and we encouraged you and I both encourage our clients to take big leaps, take risks when it feels appropriate or when you really are called mm-hmm. to do that. And um, yeah, so we're doing it too. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're in the trenches, so. yeah. 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 Right. sharing. I think it's great to be like walking our talk as coaches, mm-hmm. you know, and like I'm talking to women all the time about, you know, playing a bigger game and believing in yourself and stepping into your full authenticity and taking risks on yourself. And so it's fun. Sometimes I feel like, am I walking that talk? You know, let's check in here. Am I doing what I'm telling other people to do? So it's fun to be yeah. like, oh, oh, yes, I am yeah. definitely doing what I tell other people to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about one of the, um, do you feel like it's the, um, I'm like trying to feel out, Sunny. What, <laughs> where should we go first? Okay. Okay. So I actually, the, the, the whole primals thing has to, I think it like provides a foundation for the whole unfolding thing. So how about I start there? That sounds wonderful. Okay. So, um, for those of you who receive my newsletter or follow me on Facebook, um, I did a post about this this week. So, um, just to give like a little background, I mean, I, I think if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you probably know that in a prior life I was married and I was an attorney and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and not I, like in a reincarnated way, oh, but in a, thank you. Well, maybe, I don't know, but I'm talking about a different, thank you for clarifying. I know yes. with this, I've had, when, you, when we're on KKNW, we need to clarify that. Exactly. <laughs> so in a previous chapter of this particular life, yes. um, I, my life was vastly different and I had done a great amount of work and white knuckled forcing to create a life that I thought would make me happy. Um, I had never considered the fact that, that, you know, my human should not be the one running the show. It's, it reminds me of that. Uh, I think it's an Asian proverb that says something along the lines of the mind is a terrible servant. I mean, a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. And my human, I think in the same way, you know, I think that the human should be in service of the soul and not vice versa. But I didn't know that at the time. And my human thought I needed all these things to feel good. So anyway, when my life real, you know, I get to all the things and then I look around and I'm not happy and I realize I, I, my life lacks a certain amount of meaning. And I thought, oh my gosh, I kind of feel like now that I'm including my soul in the conversation, it is like starving. I mean, it's been patiently waiting while I did all this stuff. So let my soul take the lead. And what I found, and I've shared this quote before there, it's, it's a quote that's attributed to Einstein that says the most important decision that we can make is whether we believe it's a friendly universe. And I didn't have a, let's say my cosmology at the time was not a really friendly universe. Um, um, I didn't feel, yeah, I, I just didn't feel like it was a super friendly universe for a variety of different reasons. I decided to believe it was a friendly universe, let go of the reins, so to speak, and just said, okay, let's just see what will happen when I ask that whatever is supposed to happen from my soul's perspective, let that happen, whatever that is. I'm not going to try to plan this anymore because that didn't work out so well. So I did that. And then all of a sudden, this awesome stuff started happening. Of course, I met my current partner, Chase, and it was the most divine orchestration. There's no way I could have orchestrated that. I've talked about this on the show all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. 
I have all this evidence that it is a friendly universe. And I'm thinking, okay, here's me. I'm, this is like one little anecdotal case study. And of course I look around and I see friends who are having similar experiences. I see people that I look up to mentors and teachers who have done the same thing, kind of let the divine or let the soul take the lead. And then really neat things start to happen when they gave up the idea of what their life should like from a, should look like from a human perspective. Um, and I was so encouraged, all of this to say that this past week, um, I learned about the the wonderful people at the University of Pennsylvania School of Positive Psychology, which is one of my favorite learning institutions out there because they're studying what makes humans happy and gives them a greater sense of well-being versus studying what goes wrong with us. Um, and so they have been undertaking this huge amount of research to look at um, what they call primal worldviews. And this is basically when you look out into the world, it answers the question of what kind of world is this? And so they found there are 20 something beliefs that people hold about what the world or the cosmos is like, or the universe is like, um, but they boil down into three buckets basically, or three main categories. And that is whether you believe the world is safe, enticing and alive. And by enticing, I mean, is it beautiful? Is it, does it draw you in? Alive meaning, is it responsive to you as a human? Is it interactive or are, is it more mechanistic like that old Newtonian view that it's just a bunch of gears, you know, grinding and there's really nothing underneath it all um, from a spiritual perspective. So whether you view the world as safe, enticing and alive. And I thought, oh my gosh, they are looking through a scientific lens at, and they're quantifying what I have already found to be true in my own life. And that being that when you view the world as safe, enticing, and alive, you are more calm, you are more um, optimistic, you are more adventurous, you are more likely to take risks that will benefit you, you know, like following a dream, um, you are healthier, you have a greater sense of well-being. And then, of course, on the flip side, if you look out and you think the world is unsafe, if you think that it is ugly and just you just see so much awfulness out there and you see it as more inert and unresponsive, of course, there's a corresponding um, there's a corresponding personality and difference in your well-being. Like you don't feel as safe. You feel more anxious and depressed. Um, your health is affected by that. You don't take risks. You are very perhaps more apathetic about things. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, I know where I want to fall on this spectrum. I mean, I already have the evidence that the universe is friendly. And believe me, I just want to like little asterisk here. I get that you could go build a case for how awful the world is right now. But what I will suggest is, and I think I don't really feel like I even need to say this to the KK and W audience, but we, we are at a point when I think the light is outweighing the darkness here. And a lot of the things that have been hidden under rocks for eons, for millennia, for, or if not millennia, then hundreds of years, terrible things are coming to light. And it doesn't mean that they haven't existed before. It just means that now the light is shining a place in those dark holes. And now we can actually, you know, clean out the gangrene, so to speak, and, and evolve, uh, like make leaps and bounds in our consciousness. Um, and 
um, so, and also if you like to, as I, I, one of my favorite people who looks at this, uh, researches this, is a psychology professor at Harvard, um, Stephen Pinkering. And he makes a really good case that humanity is better off now than it ever has been. Um, and so, again, I know that there you can find the evidence for it being unsafe, uh, ugly, and, and unresponsive. But I think there is a greater case for the opposite that is safe, enticing, and alive. And here's the other thing about this. These are beliefs. They are primal world beliefs is what they're calling them, or primals for short. So beliefs are by nature alterable. We know that we can rewire neural pathways. We know that we can undo thinking that does not serve us and causes us suffering. And we can create uh, new neural pathways and find truth underneath the lies that our mind might tell us. So if you, and here's, you can go out, anybody out there, if you desire to take this, they actually have created a survey. And if you're interested in seeing where you fall on the spectrum, you can go um, uh, to their website that they have for this and take this little survey and see, are you, do you fall into the safe, enticing and alive? Or where do you fall on the spectrum of each of the beliefs there? Um, and, and if you're interested in that, the website is myprimals.com. Um, that's myprimals.com. And I'm now going to be giving this to every client. I'm giving it to existing clients. I'm going to give it to new clients when they come in the door because I, I, number one, it makes a difference in how you approach your life, whether you believe the universe is safe, enticing and alive, friendly. And number two, if you don't view it that way, then let's examine why. And let's just really Let's, um, you know, just like Byron Katie's system of inquiry, the work, let's hold those beliefs up to the light. If they are causing you suffering, you know, usually when a belief or a thought is causing you suffering, it is an indication that it is very likely not true. <clears throat> so let's examine that and find the truth underneath it. Um, and when you do that, I think that not only do you, is it just more fun to live in a friendly universe, but you are so much more likely to follow the calling of your heart, the urging of your spirit, to do the things that are countercultural and trust something greater than you. Trust the, this, I mean, this is what we work on in Soul Digger in my little membership community, that when you have this as your foundation, a friendly universe, then it makes letting your soul take the lead so much easier and more enjoyable. And you trust everything more. Um, anyway, so that's what I'm like super fired up about right now that I love it when science backs up what we either know to be true from our own felt experience with the divine or with our soul or with our intuition. But I love it, you know, when science backs up these, what has been taught in wisdom traditions for thousands of years that we're just now beginning to go, oh, that's a real thing. <laughs> yes, I love that too. Mm -hmm. Anywho, so that's the whole my primals thing. I'm just really, um, I'm just, or the primals thing. I'm just really excited about that. And um, sharing it far and wide so that other people can really begin to look at this. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So Alessandra, where do you think you fall on it? <laughs> well, I pulled up the website here. I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, um, if you don't like your primals, like, can you change it? Are they saying you could change it? 
Okay, so here's what they have said in this. They they provide a really nice summary, and you can actually read the study. Now, I am not one. I'm sure, Alessandra, you had to do this plenty. I only had one class in law school, strangely, that was about um, really understanding and interpreting um, statistics and research. Mm-hmm. Um, and those studies, like my eyes go cross-eyed when yeah. I'm looking at those. I mean, there's a reason I went to law school and not doing something more mathematic mm-hmm. or scientific because a lot of that stuff is it's just it's not my zone of genius. So. Um, anyway, what they have found in their research so far is that people's primals or their primal worldviews remain largely stable throughout a lifetime. But think about why that might be. Like the vast majority of people that I grew up with stayed in Tyler or in Texas and mm-hmm. stayed with the same groups of people, the same church, the same communities, the same Everything is very homogenous. And I'm not just saying this is just for Texas. I'm saying people who, many people who are raised in the Pacific Northwest stay on the West Coast and have been raised in a certain soup that is a, you know, certain culture, perhaps less religion, more spirituality, that kind of thing. So it makes sense that if you surround yourself with the same kind of people throughout your entire life, you don't go, you don't travel abroad or you don't. Um, really question your beliefs by entering, you know, maybe a, an educational program of some sort that will present new information to you. And, you know, it makes sense that people who are not questioning their primals would just stay stable. But I think we're at a point in humanity where there are a lot of things that aren't working. There are a lot of systems that need changing. There are a lot of injustices in the world. And I think people are really beginning to question um, the truth of things, um, the truth of what religion has taught, the truth of what particular um, government organizations are saying, things like that. So Mm -hmm. now I think as a species, we want more truth. Integrity is becoming more important. We're shining a light in places where there has been dishonesty and hiding. And from that perspective, with all of the research now on neuroplasticity and our ability to rewire our brains, literally to rewire our genetics, change our genetics, the fact that we are able, that we see a need for change and we now know that as humans, we are so much more capable of doing these things than we ever thought possible, we can change these beliefs, Alessandra, because that mm-hmm. they are beliefs. And just like thoughts and beliefs, they are that, that means by definition, they are alterable. There is no... Um, uh, you know, it's just just a belief. So there are so many, you know, through certain therapies, which I'm sure you know much more about than I do, but, you know, certain things like acceptance and commitment therapy or Byron Katie's system of inquiry, we can really question and change these. And I will tell you, I am a living example of this. My primal world beliefs were night and day different um, in my childhood and in my teenage years than they are now because I started questioning some of the beliefs that were more prevalent in the environment in which I was raised. So that's a really long way of answering, yes, they are changeable, while the research shows that for most people, they will remain the same. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I would say, probably with, if I were to look at this quiz, any quiz I take, I end up right in the middle. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm like always, and I think that that is, that just holds true for me across my life because I think, you know, in my own educational training, but just who I am as a human, it's just like a lot of holding both 
a lot of this is true and this thing can also be true and a lot of like I don't know it's shades of gray I can see lots of different points you know and so I'm guessing I would end up right in the middle as I do but I also think you know looking at some of these um, attributes which I think I'll, I'll be really curious I'm going to take the quiz right after we get off this radio <laughs> call um, but you know looking at some of this I can definitely see that for sure though you know the way that I was raised as you know in the beliefs that I had as a young person really you know as a kid and as a teenager that has definitely changed you know um over the course of like my 20s and 30s but now even even in the last couple of years it feels like things you know have started to open up in new ways you know new ways of seeing the world and new ways of seeing myself new ways of being excited um and so i think that you know a lot of that has come from my own personal work in you know therapy and coaching and you know coming from um you know a background of of having living in an environment that sometimes felt really sort of physically unsafe in a lot of real ways you know i think that that's the thing too is um that you know for some people there has been a like a physical threat uh, you know for their safety and so of course that would impact your worldview and your outlook in terms of like how safe are things out there how enticing is the world right yeah. and so um i think with you know, some dedicated time to working, you know, working through that and working on creating my own internal safety for myself that a lot of these other things, you know, other ways of viewing the world, other ways of viewing people, like what is out there, um, it feels, I don't know, it feels like that is shifting, you know, a lot of these different traits. So, yeah. No, yeah. I get that. And actually, I actually have two thoughts on that. Um, I'm wondering, Benny, do you want to take a break now and we can pick up where we left off when we come back from a break? Sure, I'm down for whatevs. Okay, sounds good. So we'll take our break. Um, so you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. It is first-ish Friday today. And so it's me, Sunny Joy, joined by my fantastic first Friday co-host, Dr. Alessandra Duke. And we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. A New York City startup is using potato peels, apple cores, and rotten tomatoes to help farmers grow fresh fruits and vegetables. We take produce waste from food distributors and food processors, anything that can't go to a, a food bank or farm. Tania Pina is the founder and CEO of Renewable. The company converts food waste into organic fertilizer pellets that can be used in indoor hydroponic farms. She says when dissolved in water, the pellets... Make the nutrients immediately available to the plant, really kind of mimicking biological nutrient systems outdoors. So she says the technology can help make it easier to grow organic food indoors in urban areas, where fresh local food is often scarce. And it helps the climate. It keeps food out of landfills, where it would otherwise decompose and release methane a potent greenhouse gas. And it could reduce the need for synthetic fertilizers, which create a lot of carbon pollution when they're manufactured. So far, the company has facilities in New York City and Rochester, New York, and plans to expand to the West Coast. Pina hopes to eventually help cities across the country use their food scraps to grow local organic food. 
Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your hosts today on First Ish Friday, Sunny Joy. And Oh hi. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Alessandra Duke. I didn't give you a very good lead into that. Sorry about I that. I know usually your lead in is a little different. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> Sorry. Mixing it up. Um yeah, okay. So before the break, um, we were talking about those primal world beliefs. And you, I think you bring up a wonderful point, Alessandra, that I just want to acknowledge that for folks out there who have suffered pretty significant trauma, and I think trauma is all relative. I mean, there are people who have suffered, grown up in war zones, been sexually assaulted, and some of the, the most horrific things that humans in a human body can experience. And then there are people who maybe just had a pretty dysfunctional family growing up. I, I think that um, I don't want to minimize anyone's trauma, and I want to acknowledge that that could definitely affect um, whether you believe the world is safe. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to add on that two things. Um, you were asking about whether or not the world, or whether or not these were these primals or primal world beliefs are alterable. The other thing I want to mention is, you know, we have a wonderful brain. It's it one of its primary jobs is to go out and collect evidence when you give it a problem or a question. And so, if you've been thinking or believing the world is unsafe, then your brain has been saying, oh, awesome, let me go find you evidence of that. And so the things that will stand out to you are the news articles that confirm that. Um, They will be the posts on social media that are so horrific that will confirm that. And basically your mind is doing the best it can with what you've given it. If you were on the flip side to say, give me evidence that the world is beautiful and safe, your mind is gonna go to work finding evidence of that. So that is a really nice way to start um, uh, altering those beliefs, um, giving the brain evidence. It likes evidence to create those new neural pathways. Number two, again, I'm really glad you brought this up because, um, you know, I have come to believe that, well, let me back up a little. Besides my own evidence that I collected anecdotally in my life that the universe was friendly, I also, as anyone who's been listening to the show knows, I'm obsessed with people who have had near-death experiences. I don't feel like I personally, I mean, number one, I don't want the trauma of, to the body that usually comes with a near-death experience, but I don't feel like I need to have one to believe everything. Like, I know the things that they that they are talking about are true. I believe that to the core of my being. It doesn't even feel like a belief. It feels like just what is. And But I love hearing their experiences of this. And the primary messages that near-death experiencers come back with are that we are always safe, we are never alone, and we can't make a mistake, and we are dearly loved. 
And from the spiritual perspective, like <laughs> we are always safe. If you are an eternal soul, eternal on the front and the back end of a human lifetime, then technically you're always safe. Yes, the human body may encounter some things that are pretty unpleasant or absolutely horrific, but in the eternal timeline, that is a blip and the soul transcends all of that. And so from that sense, if you take it to its more foundational or cosmic level, no one can take, no one can kill your soul. No one can hurt the soul. It's, it's always there. So I think from that sense, I, of course I have fears that my body will be, I fear pain. I fear pain at going, getting a shot at the doctor's office. And of mm. course I fear, you know, the things that we see that happen to people. I mean, Kobe Bryant dying in a helicopter crash this last week. Like, of course, those are normal human fears. But if you know that you are always safe from a, the spiritual being inside perspective, to me, that is what creates my primal world belief it has to do with more from the soul level than from the human level. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's I helpful love at that. all. Well, and it's like, even as you're talking about it, I feel like, oh, I just feel my body sort of relax. Like, oh, that is true. They do say with those near death experiences, like, you know, that we're always safe. We're never alone, you know? And I think that it can be easy to feel that way sometimes, you know, easy to feel like, oh no, am I safe? Am I, what's going on? Am I going to be harmed? And, you know, we hear different stories throughout a lifetime of people being harmed or people feeling unsafe. And I think that it kind of can get to us, but we equally, like you said earlier, can look for just as much good that we've seen, you know, I mean, and that's what I challenge clients to do, even when they're wanting to keep up on things like politics and news and stuff like that is like, you can absolutely do that. Set a timer so that you don't (laughs) head down like a rabbit hole, right? Like you get, you get five to 10 minutes to look at that, right? But then you have to go look up three to five positive things that are happening in the world right now. You know, such good suggestion, Alison. Yeah. Thank you. Because it really, I think that it really kind of levels out the brain too, to do some of that rewiring, like, okay, yeah, we can, we can hold both. There are some things happening in the world that we, you know, we disagree with or are really, really sad. And there is equally as much amazingness and so many people doing phenomenal things for one another and kind things and bold and brave things. And so um, it's really helped a lot of my clients who, you know, really like to remain, you know, active and in the know to have more of that balance because it really what you're putting in your brain, what you're taking in can really impact so many things. You know, it impacts your mood. It impacts how you relate to the world. It impacts risks that you take. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. So that's my whole thing on primals and why that's become really important to me, um, in the last week. So So, sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and then said, you know, it feeds into the unfolding part too, because when you, um, I don't know, do you want to go there? Do you want to go to the power of heart or do you have something altogether different? (laughs) I don't want to just keep like driving train here in the direction we've been going. No, I think it's wonderful. I, um, so I really like, um, I'm curious because I think a lot of your viewer or a lot of your listeners have, um, you know, they've listened to things about your journey, right? Moving to Petaluma, moving to California and have been really curious about the unfolding of that. And so 
you mentioned you mentioned some of that. So I'd love to just hear where you are in that unfolding, and then I can talk about I can talk about watching where I am in some of my unfolding too. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that because I think again, this is the whole living it to give it. Um, because I will tell you that even though I am like I'm on the the safe, enticing, and alive, like I'm the last one standing at the end of that spectrum. I think from the, <laughs> the survey that I took. So even still, I have the human component. My human wants to know, be able to predict safely what's going to happen in my life with six months notice and know all the things. And I ask, I ask for this. I have asked God or spirit for this. I've asked my soul for this to be able to fully trust in the divine unfolding, that trusting that all my true needs will be met and that I I, that my human gets out of the way enough. So I have a very real experience of what it feels like to have source be my source. Mm -hmm. Um, and so with that said, we are coming up. I cannot believe it. We have been in Petaluma 10 months, our lease here on the, um, wonderful little rental that we've had here for, um, this, the past year, um, will be up on, um, March 31st and we need to make a decision. Um, we have a home still in Seattle um, that has some lovely tenants in it. Um, and there are a lot of moving pieces here. What are we going to do? Do we need, I mean, I, we, we don't, I have never, even with my ex-husband, I don't particularly like being a landlord. Um, it just, it, it feels like even if there are financial benefits to it at, and most of the time there haven't been in my case, uh -huh. but even if there are, it just feels like the the effort outweighs the benefit. Um, so anyway, we're coming up, we got two months. That's not a lot of time um, about what we're going to do. Do we want to sell our house in Seattle? Do we, yeah. are we going to, you know, stay here in Petaluma? Um, do we need to come back to Seattle for a short time? Um, and move, of course, all the way back with all of our stuff across the country. And there have been pieces of the puzzle coming into place. Like it, it appears that our tenants will be moving on to do other things out of state. So there's a little oh. piece of the puzzle that came into view just within the last two weeks. Um, there was something that happened with the house that just reminded, because I've been asking, hey, universe, spirit, make it choiceless. Like help me see we're, we're leaning toward I think, um, making our more permanent residence now in Northern California, but make that choiceless, um, show me. And so there's some things that have happened with the house that are like, oh gosh, you're reminded how much upkeep there is on a house, especially one that built in the 1940s that hasn't had a lot of love since uh -huh. it was originally built. So all of these pieces are coming together. But here's the thing. The clock is like from a human linear perspective, it's winding down. <laughs> and I, I like, I would like to know what's going to happen. But I am trusting that in the divine unfolding of this, that all pieces will come together, even if it is on the last day of our lease that mm -hmm. this happens. I'm getting more and more, you know, risk, risk, being confident, taking risks is like a muscle. The more risk you take, small ones, then bigger, then bigger, then bigger, the more, um, what is it? I guess if the opposite would be risk averse, what am I, risk welcoming? I don't think <laughs> a good word for that. Risk but I be <laughs> Yeah, I become much more comfortable with uh, living in the unknowing, staying in the present, not future tripping and thinking about what's happening next week, two weeks out, three weeks out, a lifetime out. Um, 
and I'm not ruminating on how things should be different or what I should have planned for three months ago. It's just staying present in the unfolding and saying, okay, let's do this one more time. This feels like a little bit higher stakes situation than the last one, but the universe has always come through. And when I say universe, I'm talking about my very own soul combined with the God force out there and those two powerhouses together, a piece of which is in my human body that I'm carrying, it's going to work out and it has never let me down. And I want to see in bigger and bigger situations that that is true so that I can live that to give it. So when other people, my clients, the people in the Soul Digger membership community are going through these big changes, I can speak at least from my own experience to say, I have been there. And up until the last moment, my human was going nuts, wanting it to be planned and neat and tidy. And my soul was saying, hey, it's all going to be just fine. And here's why. So anyway, that's my divine unfolding right now. How, do, how, are, how are things unfolding for you? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say, I cannot believe it's already been 10 months that you've been in Petaluma, you know, because I even, when I talk about you, I say, oh yeah, Sunny just moved to California, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And it's like, I just, time goes by so fast, you know, and I feel like I've gotten to be, you know, such a part of that journey. So it's just wild. And, you know, I just, I just know and trust for you that it's, it's going to happen just, just as it should, you know? Um, so I think that that's really exciting and reminds me like, I need to get out to Petaluma. (laughs) Oh yes. Well, it looks like we'll be here. That's where we're leaning. So the door will be open going forward. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think for me, what, um, you know, I know I talked about this mastermind a little bit earlier, but I think it's, you know, from a, it comes from this bigger place of, you know, taking a step in that direction as like, um, as a leaning in and it's a, it's like a little bit of a trust fall overall for me when it comes to my business and to my life and to thinking like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to step in and I'm ready for the universe, for the world to show me what's possible, you know, and I want to stop creating my own limitations, which I can, you know, tend to do for myself. And so I've been challenging myself to even, you know, reach out every day and let, you know, let people know what I'm up to, let people know about my offers and engage more in a conversation about like, all of the exciting things that I'm offering in my business, you know, so, Mm -hmm. um, and letting people know, just taking a risk and being willing to hear a lot of no's, you know, just to say, you know, I've, I've got this program that I'm offering, you know, here's my group coaching program, or, you know, I've got this podcast. And one cool thing was, um, I've just been, you know, um, challenging myself to reach out to three different people every day and just email like, Hey, how's it going? Here's what I'm working on. Just want you to know, you know, and if you or anyone, you know, would be excited about this. I'd, I'd love it if you passed it on. Um, but I've also, so with that, I've just been and some of that feels really vulnerable, I guess I should, I should say. Um, but it's been really neat to just to, really still show up for myself and see what is unfolding from that. Like letting the world know I'm here, I'm open for business. And, um, I had this cool thing happen where 
I had ordered a phone case from this company that I really love called Our Heyday. Mm-hmm. And it's these two sisters that own this stationery company. And I am a I am a total, I don't know if you would say geek. I don't know if obsessant, I don't know what it is about stationery and you know, pens and oh, yeah. font and design. I mean, I get so excited about that stuff. So I have had a crush on this business. You know, these two sisters that started this business, I order from things from them all the time. If stores are carrying them, I get so excited. You know, I talk to store owners about them, (laughs) about their company, because I love everything that they do. So I ordered a recent um, phone case from them. And it got an email that said it's been delivered, but it had not yet. And so I emailed the back to just this address that came through. And I said, Hey, it just hasn't been delivered and realized it was one of the sisters that straight up was checking in to make sure that I had received it. And I was like, how sweet. But then I thought, I'm going to ask if she wants to be on my podcast, right? Because I'm, I'm interviewing high achieving entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders. And so I just, I started typing the email and the little fear voice inside said, no, (laughs) don't like, you're going to embarrass yourself. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like they're too big. You're too small, you know, whatever. So yeah, I know I went through, but I was like, you know what? Fear brain. I'm going to do this. So I let her know, Hey, I do this podcast. Here's what it's about. You know, I realize at this point it may be too new of a podcast for, you know, for you or for your business, but if you would ever consider it, I would love it. And just like sang their praises and they got back to me in less than 10 minutes and said that they would love to. I would have expected nothing less. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't you talk to me first? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, you know, I think my automatic because of a history of, you know, maybe having some rejection from people that were really important to me throughout my life. There's still some wiring that I'm repatterning to believe like, Hey, people, people want to, they want to play with you. Of course they're saying yes. You know, like, so I have to, and I think that what's that that's part of the unfolding for me is like, yes, these opportunities are coming and that's great. And it's helping me build my business, but even more, it's like this unfolding of my trust in the universe and my trust in people's goodness and willingness to want to be supportive of me, you know? And so I just did their, yeah, I just did their interview and I geeked out. My gosh, (laughs) I don't even think I was that cool when I interviewed them, but (laughs) I'm sure you were, but I mean, Alessandra, like you just answered your own question there. You changed, let's say the safe category of the world belief, the primal you just got more evidence. Like you moved a little farther into the safe spectrum than the unsafe side. Yes. Like that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so that was what I mean. Like, you know, when I said earlier with my own therapy and coaching and the things that I've been working on for myself, it seems like that, that kind of perspective, when I look at those, you know, those, the features of the different primals is like, yeah, that is shifting. You know, I'm discovering more safety, more openness, more like I've had this sensation of like, wait a minute, I can do a lot of things here. Like, this is like a playground, you know, what? Yes. Like who, 
else can I tell about this? Who else <laughs> might want to be, you know, on my podcast or who else might want to work with me? This is exciting. Like in this last month, I've just had more of that kind of feel like, oh, yay. <laughs> this is a fun game. <laughs> yes. And it's so funny. I, I talked about on the show, gosh, it was probably in December. Um, the, uh, on our first Friday about how I'd had a, a lovely session with, um, Sarah Landon and the council. And one of the things like I have been along those lines, like whether or not it's a primal world belief, I don't know. I'd have to look at it like the breakdown of all 20 something to see if this falls under one of them, but that, you know, that the idea that we have to work so hard that it has to be hard. And I said something to that effect and they just said back, who lied to you? Who told you that it had to be so hard, that it wasn't a playground? Who told you that? And I was like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. When I actually looked, uh, there are a couple of, you know, um, people that are in my very, very, very close circle that have that belief. And I think I just picked it up by osmosis and hadn't even really questioned it. And when I look around at the people who who I um, really admire and whose lives that I, I I'm fascinated by them and I would love to have a similar life for them. They, it has, it's not hard. It is a playground Mm -hmm. and I watch them having fun and doing that. And so, um, yeah, anyway, I, I think you are living proof of that now that you're rewiring that and I'm rewiring that one myself, that it can be, that it is safe to play and it can be just one big human earthly playground. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is. It can be so fun. And I think really examining, you know, where some of those old beliefs that it was not that way, like where that came from is super important because, you know, and even if we think like, Oh, I've worked through all of that stuff. I think it is always unfolding, you know, because I just had a a session with my, um, with my coach the other day, I have a couple different coaches I'm working with right now, but, you know, and telling her this story and she, she was like, Oh my gosh, you've been carrying around, you know, what this woman said to you in her judgment of you and making that your reality. And it's not your reality at all. You don't actually believe that at all. And so I think that it's really important to always be examining, you know, is this actually true what I'm believing and whose is this? Because it might not be yours. And again, if the belief is causing you suffering, which it sounds like that one was causing you, whether a small or large amount, it was not pleasant. It was suffering. Again, if a thought or a belief makes you feel crappy, makes your body tense up, makes you feel sad, anxious, depressed, hopeless, apathetic, that is usually an indicator that it is a big fat lie and you need to question the heck out of it. So that's that's what I'll say on that as we bring our show to a close. (laughs) I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Anything else, Alessandra, before we wrap up and say bye? No, just thank you. I'm just, you know, just continually grateful for you and just appreciate our time together on the show so much. Oh, I feel the same way. And I love, I love that it actually feels fun to connect more fresh and organic since we don't see each other as often. So great to give you a big wave over the airwaves on this first-ish Friday. Well, okay, everybody, that brings our show to a close. You have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. It was first-ish Friday. I was one of your hosts, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, and we will see you as a co-host crew next month. Bye.